listening to Chris Talks Cars on Cartoon Channel. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Chris Talks Cars. My name is Chris Gooden. And today, talk a little bit about the LS engine. Um, as a car guy, you know, if you've been around the scene at all, you've heard about the legendary LS engine. But as someone who's never really been a diehard Chevy guy, uh, you hear a lot of about the LS, but I don't really know what the differences are. The LS2, LS3, LS5, LS9, LSX, LSA, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm going to do kind of a quick little rundown. Um, I went to dragzine.com. They had a pretty interesting article. Um, Gen 1 and Gen 2 Chevy engines. Uh, Gen 1 was the Chevy small block legendary 350 um gen 2 was basically that same engine from what i read i'm sure there's people out there screaming that i'm right or wrong um well they'd probably only scream if i'm wrong um gen 3 is when it all changed though that was like a ground up design gen 2 was basically a fuel injected version of gen 1 um the Gen 3, it says, includes LS1 and LS6. Those are both 5.7 liters. Um, Gen 4 engines, um, it says it was redesigned again with uh, active fuel management and uh, square port head technology. Uh, the Gen 4 LS engines, excluding the Vortec line of engines, which is a whole nother separate category. Uh, it's the same base engine. They just put a... Uh, like a uh, iron heads and a couple other stuff on them. But, uh, gen four LS engines, LS two, LS three, LS four, LS seven, LS X, LS nine, LS a, and some other ones in there that I'd never even heard of like the, uh, L 76, L 99, LS four, LS seven dot R. It says also known as C five R. Um, LS4 was um, a front wheel drive V8 they used in like the Impala SS and the Monte Carlo uh, Pontiac Grand Prix GXP so I mean it was it was a V8 and it was LS but they only used it in front wheel drive and uh, says it was the first engine to use active fuel management technology so that then LS2 6.0 LS was in the CTSV GTO. Um, do 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 LS3 very similar to LS2. It does not, however, have a slightly larger displacement. It does, however, have a slightly larger displacement increase to 6.2 liters versus the 6.0 of the LS2. Um, that was what they put in the 2010 Camaro SS. Um, LS7 offered is the largest engine offered in the LS Street production, 427. That's what uh, Texas Speed pumps those out all the time. That's what Cletus has in his um, in Ruby and in Leroy. And James actually has the truck version of the LS in white trash. So it's a little Cleese McFarland shout out there. Um, let's see. I don't know. It's all just different generations in displacement. It doesn't do any good unless 
um, you have it all memorized really. Um, LS7R and LSX are the two all-out race engines. Um, all right. Well, that's the LSX then, the 454. Bigger displacement. Um, hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Your dummy five minutes of uh, LS knowledge. Uh, if you remember from the previous episodes, episodes, my buddy Brandon was looking for his Swiss Army vehicle. He found a Ford Bronco that he thought only had 85,000 original miles. And he did the Carfax, which you should always do. 40 bucks. He found out the odometer had been rolled over. So it had 185,000 miles. And the guy ended up knocking a thousand bucks off. So it's a good example of doing your due diligence when you're buying a car. Obviously, if you're going to roadkill something, it's not worth the 40 bucks because it's not really going to tell you anything. And if, you know, you're just going to beat on it, who cares? But this was something he's going to take care of and have for a while. So spent the 40 bucks, saved him a thousand. Next week, I'm sure he'll be on to tell us all about it. It's the uh, OJ Bronco. It's not like the old, old school one. Um, let me pull up my text message here. See if I can. It looks like it's the Eddie Bauer. Yeah, it's the Eddie Bauer tan and black package. He's got a K&N air sticker on it already. So we all know that's good for five to 10 horsepower. Um, there it is. A 1990. With 185,000 miles automatic. Cause he told me why I forget. They didn't offer, I think the autumn or the engine with the manual that he wanted. Um, yeah, so that's his latest project update. Uh, I dropped my truck off at the Dodge dealership earlier, or at the Ram dealership, excuse me, to have it service. The drag link in the front suspension, I guess, has a recall on it. So it's been there since first thing this morning. Um, they informed me it's time for my EGR service, and it is $1,500. And not only do I not have 1500 bucks laying around, I don't have 1500 bucks to put in to that. So I feel like there has to be a way I'm just going to Google it. Let's see. Ram EGR cleaning. Let's see here. How do you clean a Cummins EGR valve? Huh? I'm sure it's just a pain in the ass and they have to, uh, cause you have to pull out the intake and from what the, uh, the guy at the dealership told me, I haven't watched any videos or anything on it, but I imagine if it costs 1500 bucks, it's because it's a huge pain in the ass, but I don't want to, you know, suck a bunch of garbage through my intake and lunch my turbo. Cause 
I didn't want to spend 1500 bucks in preventative maintenance. So I'll be dealing with that in the next couple of weeks. Um, went to the river a few, few weekends ago. That was a lot of fun. Made me miss the racetrack. Wasn't expecting that. Um, but hearing awesome V8s with basically open headers scream up and down the river all day, it was, uh, it was nice to be around some horsepower again, but it also was kind of a bummer cause I was chilling in the fifth wheel on the riverbank with, uh, my sister and brother-in-law and my little nephew is kind of his pre-birthday. So took off down down by the river in a van down by the river in California and, uh, had some fun. It was good to get out of the house. I mean, I'm pretty much a solitary person anyway. Like this isn't different than how I live my job before, or I live my life before all this. Like I left the house as little as possible. And I'd either was at work, I was at home or I was at the drag strip out at Las Vegas motor speedway. So I'm excited for that to open up again. Um, I miss, there's just a vibe, man. Car people are the best. Like I can't, I say this like I know, but I haven't really been in too many other scenes, but like the friends I've made standing on the fence at the drag strip, it's like the best you stand in there. You see some people that look like they might be all right. You kind of, you may take the empty spot next to them or they may come up after you're already standing there and you hear like everyone around you reacting to the cars and like, if you find yourself talking shit about the same people and like along the same train of thought, you'd be like, Oh yeah, man, totally. Like that guy sucks or he, this is what he messed up or whatever. And then like, I have friends, uh, my friend, Damien, Ali, a couple other people from Cal or Colorado. I lived there for like a few months in an RV with my dad in like 2014. Yeah. And I would go to Bandemir, which is one of the prettiest, like most majestic drag strips I've ever been to. It's like right up, right up on the, the foothill, foothills of the Rocky there on the outside of Denver. You can see the whole valley, like in the weather there, the rabbit trail, I know, but the weather there is kind of like Vegas that it could be absolutely pouring rain. 10 minutes down the road and sunny and dry where you're at. So you'd, we'd be at the drag strip watching out over the Valley, like, like wondering when the rain's going to hit. And, uh, it's just a, it's a beautiful drag strip. Anyway, I figure I was going with that. Oh yeah. Friends, friends at the drag strip. Like I still keep in contact with those guys on Facebook. Uh, Damien, he, um, had a really fast Honda S 2000. He brought to Texas 2k a few years ago, saw him, um, went for a ride with him and like five minutes in we get pulled over. Cause you know, it's a fully built race car with no hood and racing seats. So, uh, cop was cool though. He didn't, he didn't give us a ticket or anything. He just told us to go back to the, the parking lot where we had a trailer. Um, anyway, car friends are the best friends. Like I can't wait to get back into the scene more. And like all, all my best friends in California, my buddy, Nate, Rob, like we've all bonded around cars and it's, it's definitely uh, a good community. It's not, 
it's different than the military community because that's built around like I guess it's not. It's the military is built around common suffering, but like trauma bonding because you're all going through the same bullshit together. But car stuff's the same. Like we've all been working on something late at night and had the brake sh- or the the bolt shear off, or it's not running. You don't know why. Like the frustrations, the toil, like nuts in places that you have to take the entire car apart to get to. Like it's it's all just the same shenanigans but it's uh it's what makes good friends so i don't really know where i was going with that but uh yeah that's that's my thoughts on on friendship i guess i'll go back um yeah let's see what else is going on in the automotive world let's see oh ken block announced his uh his new fox body Jim Conacar, which looks pretty awesome. I don't think they've the Huna Fox, they call it. I don't think they've announced an engine yet. I hope it's not that twin turbo V6. I know it's it's on paper better, it's smaller, lighter, blah, blah, blah. But it sounds like hammered dog shit. And I know there's more to an engine than that, but it's like GTRs are insanely fast. Like no one's trying to say that they're not, but they sound awful. And that's just me. I don't know. Fuck me. It's just my opinion, but I don't like the way V sixes sound. Give me a straight six Ford Barra two J obviously uh RB 26, just gorgeous, smooth, or a nice big choppy V eight like is in the, uh, the uh the sixty seven what what year is his Mustang? I don't know. You know what I'm talking about though. The uh fourteen hundred horsepower meth. <sighs> it's nice. Um if you haven't seen the video where he does uh he goes up Pike's Peak, that is insane. One of the most iconic shots ever. He's coming around the corner and just hanging it out. And there's no guardrail. There's no like there's no bullshit. If he overshoots this corner and like slides off the outside of it, he's dead. So I mean, I know it's easy to talk shit about people, but the dude's dude's a real deal. And I don't I don't know anybody that does, but He's uh pretty well respected. His Jim Connor series for Jim Connor 10 he did on Amazon was pretty awesome. Um Yeah, he's basically got like the best life ever. Not saying that he doesn't deserve it or cuz he's he seems like a super hard working guy, but like to just have Can-Am and Ford shove toys down your throat as fast as you can drive them. That's pretty dope. And then he put that uh, blown Raptor engine in his boat, which I mean, that's so awesome. I oh, speaking of blown boats, oh, excuse me. I did hear like there's there's some boats going up and down the river, and you can tell it's like it's a, it's a you know a healthy V8 with some exhaust, but it's not anything crazy. But then there's these like 40, maybe not 40 foot. I don't know how long they are, but these huge, huge boats with two motors. And it just sounded like a Hellcat driving by. Like it was, uh, sounded so nice and just wrapped out. uh, This is the best. 
yeah, someday, someday I want to do that. I don't know if I talked about wanting to have my blank chassis of a boat and a dune buggy so I can just throw crazy, crazy engines in them. Like that seems like a lot of fun. As long as you build it like to have multiple engines in it and transmissions and stuff, I don't, I imagine it wouldn't be too difficult. I'm not, a, I'm a horrible fabricator, so I have no idea the uh, effort actually required to carry out this stuff, but um, that's the goal one day. I have lots of, lots of those long-term dreams. It, the uh, Cletus McFarland thing like that was really, and I'm super happy for him. Like he seems awesome and he works his ass off and they're doing that month of freedom brother this month where they're releasing every day. But it kind of hurts to see other people live your dreams when he bought his freedom factory. Cause I've wanted to do like, not that it's a unique idea to buy a freaking compound and have all your buddies, but like I've had a long-term dream. I want to buy an old abandoned airstrip with, uh, the runway still intact so I can build like part of it as a drag strip and have part of it as a circuit course. And basically the main thing, have a big place to go out and destroy tires. Like they've murdered my family in a past life. But, uh, yeah, I also wanted to do like an off-road park where it was like supercross track and like outdoor nationals track and like just an all around like outdoor off-road wonderland. That'd be awesome. Have like a RWP style place, but with a, a little more variety, I guess. I, I say that like I've been there. I don't know. It's probably awesome there. I wanted to go this year, but my business partner, Manny and I, we were ready to go. And like, as we were um, leaving Texas 2K, because they canceled that for all the spectators. Luckily I was a, I was a sponsor, so I was able to still watch, but it, I mean, it was still cool because the cars were still there and it's still an impressive to see, you know, 1500 horsepower street cars or whatever, but there's no energy. Like everyone was just trying to bang out the races because they all just wanted to go home. Cause all, all the, like the vendors had left all the people that were selling stuff. Cause I think they said there's like usually 12 to 15,000 people there over the course of the weekend. So but anyway, yeah, they canceled it for spectators. And during that week, RWP was like, we're still going, like, we're not shut down. We'll keep it going, whatever. And then we were leaving Houston, getting ready to head back towards Dallas. And they're like, yeah, the county revoked their permit together. So um, that's my rednecks with paycheck story. Oh, yeah, because I want to have my outdoor off-road wonderland. Um, hopefully I'll see it for the fall crawl. My Brandon was, uh, he wants to have his rig ready. I don't know if he'll come out for that though. It's a little, little intense when you got little kids, but who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I feel bad. These solo episodes, I just kind of ramble incoherently for an indeterminate amount of time. Um, see what else is going on in car culture today something else exciting uh hopefully we'll have an update on soon 
Manny and Nate, my friends in California, are building a uh, custom motorcycle trailer, kind of the uh, re uh, refurbishing an old trailer, but they got all cleaned up and painted. They're going to put the uh, kind of like a old school muscle truck bed, like a burned wood with a clear coat on it. Um, I forget what kind of wood they're using, but that'll be pretty cool. And then uh, my buddy Nate, the Craigslist King, um, found this beautiful old one ton dually Chevy factory big block truck with um, super low miles. Let me find the uh, text here. Yeah, 88 GMC one ton dually. So, and they, uh, looks like they lowered it a little bit. But red, red on red looks super awesome. So he's going to be fixing that up. And once the quarantine's over and I can go back and forth to California without, you know, fear of bringing home the coronavirus or whatever, I'll be making a bunch more trips back and forth to kind of get some more time with those guys. Because if you can't spend time with your friends when you're a degenerate with no job and only a podcast, what else are you doing with your life? Um, he also got a cream puff 94 GT Mustang with the green paint and the tan interior and rag top and manual. So I can't wait to go just destroy tires in that thing. Cause if uh road kills taught me one thing, it's that American muscle cars make the best off-road vehicles uh, money can buy. So actually in Lancaster, where my friends are, is right outside where they go a lot. They go out to Willow Springs, which when I got out of the Navy, my dad and I spent a lot of time out there. It's uh, it's sad because it's such an awesome facility that's just kind of going, kind of falling into disrepair um, out there in Roseman, outside Lancaster. Uh one of the uh, best times we used because my dad was unemployed and I just got out of the Navy. So we had a lot of free time and uh, we'd go out there on like different companies would have the track rented and you go out there, you just pay five bucks as a spectator and you can just watch whatever they're doing. And there's, there's a bunch of different tracks out there. There's horse thief mile. There's big willow, which is the, uh, the long track. Um, streets of willow there's there's but there's a uh drift pad and it's it's a it's awesome it's like a car big car playground um anyway we we're out there and there was uh one of those supercar experience things where you can rent the lambo or in the porsche and whatever and uh, it was a traveling one though and they were out there so my dad and i parked and we're watching uh all these people go out and uh you know everyone I used to think, man, how could you ever afford to let people go out there and beat on these cars? Because I assumed everyone drove it like I would. Like I assumed everybody wanted to go as fast as they possibly could. And we probably won't die. So it'll be fine. Um, no, I've done a couple of these supercar things. And every time it's like the, the 40 something year old dude that finally gets to drive a Porsche and he's going like 70 miles an hour. Anyway, this lady was not that lady. She was going absolutely bananas in this, uh, this GTR. And, uh, I hear the tires squealing. So I look over cause you know, I haven't heard that yet. I was like, Oh shit, this lady's getting it. And, uh, they had the windows down 
and she's coming into this corner that's like it looks like a, a sweeper but it's like a decreasing radius that you have to really come in a lot slower than you'd uh imagine and i this lady's coming in hot and i hear the instructor screaming break 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 and you just see the front end dive and those those gtrs have amazing brakes so she made the corner but uh, it was hilarious like you could hear the tone in the driver's voice go from like all right break 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 like it was it was getting real um yeah those good times uh Another fun time out at the racetrack, we would allegedly fill the cooler with beers and we just sit out there and have a few beers and watch like, uh, one day they, some production company was having a training day. And if you haven't seen the way they film cars, they have like Porsche Cayennes or like really high performance SUVs with these huge camera rigs on them. And that's how they get all these great shots of the cars going by on the racetrack because some Porsche Cayenne is out there just hauling ass. Anyway, uh, they had their, there was a training day. And this car dealership had brought out a bunch of clients and was having them uh, drive on the track. And then the camera crew would follow them and, or follow in front of them, I guess, not lead. And uh, they would get practice. Customers would drive the Ferrari or they had a, a, a 458 out there and a Murcielago. And I'm not a huge fan of Murcielagos. The, I like the V10 cars better myself, the Huracan, the Gallardo. Anyway, Huracan out there and I, I think a 458 and they'd made contact earlier. Like there's a, a big raspberry on the front quarter panel of the Ferrari and the back of the Lambo. Anyway, this dude is out there and he's... uh if you've been to Willow Springs up near the top where the, the drift paddock is, it's like a, a real tight cornering section. And the dude went through and you just saw him slide, like look like it slid out and then it uh, went into the berm backwards. Like, Oh shit. Like that's crazy. Then I, it, what happened is it folded the axle up under and to get it back to the, to the paddock or to the pit area, these animals just hooked a chain to the front of it and drug it like a couple hundred yards down the hill across the gravel into the pits on the belly pan of this lambo like they didn't pull it up on a flatbed they just straight up dead man drug it all the way back to the pits and it was brutal uh, the guy that was driving it obviously didn't own the car. He was a customer. <laughs> and so he was just standing there chain smoking cigarettes. The dude was like a uh, pretty pale redhead dude to begin with. But after he got back, he's just standing there in the pits, chain smoking cigarettes, sweating bullets. And uh, the lady. So more backstory. The lady that owned the dealership was there like this. uh middle-aged white lady and her ex-husband who she's still partners with in the dealership is this old German dude. And he was laughing about it all. And he's standing there next to the, uh, the Lambo. And he's like, Oh, it appears we've made a very expensive dune buggy now. And I was laughing. The dude standing there that just wrecked the car, looked at him like he was insane. Cause, uh, 
he was obviously still pretty shooken up about totaling the, uh, the mercy Lago. Uh, I thought that was super funny though. That old guy, he didn't give a fuck, but, uh, and yeah, anyway, that was, that was a fun day. We had a lot of good times out at the track, met some cool people out there. Um, that was back when I had the Volkswagen with, uh, the, the mods done to it. Uh, I remember my dad was standing behind the car, taking a leak and, uh, I put it on the two-step and blew pee all over his legs. And that was, that was pretty fun. He did not think so as there was pee all over his legs, but told him to just get over it. <laughs> um, what else? Um, I'm pushing 30 minutes here. These solo shows, I'm trying to get better of, um, I don't know, not being so rambly and aimless, but I'll, I'll get better at it. Uh, my buddy Brandon should be back on the next episode to talk about his Swiss army truck. Um, I want to start, uh, interviewing other people. So once shops open back up, I can go talk to some of the people here in Vegas. Um, kind of what I want to do with the show eventually is, uh, I want to be able to go to like, uh, talk to Cleus McFarlane and James and all like other YouTubers and car people and kind of get, get their story. I mean, I don't, I don't know a lot about these people. Everyone's car story is different and like why cars mean so much to them and stuff like that. So there's uh, a couple different segments I'm looking at doing. I like, I'd like to get better at this, uh, car terms explained segment. I kind of rambled about the LS engine in the beginning, but I want to be able to, you know, add stuff like I, I'm a car guy. I know more than I'd say 90% of the population, but there's still a bunch I don't know. And like, you don't want to ask because it's a 50, 50 shot. If they're going to like razz you and make you feel like a dummy, or they're going to be, you know, maybe give you a little shit. Cause that's fun. But then they'll explain it. Like, um, the difference between the LS engines, um, difference between transmissions, automatics, not all automatics are the same tight converters versus loose converters, power glides. Um, I don't know. There's, there's a bunch I don't know. So I want to be able to kind of convey that stuff to you. There's people that do it better than me. Um, if you watch engine masters or roadkill or any of those shows, if you don't have motor trend on demand, it's five bucks a month. What are you doing with your life? I know they, they don't sponsor me. I hope they do. But if there's, I know times are tight because of the quarantine, but there is thousands of shows or thousands of episodes, hundreds of shows on there. So it's awesome. Engine masters is great. They break it down all the way from very basic stuff like, um, cams what with the duration the lift flat tappet cam hydraulic roller cams like all this stuff you hear all of it and at least me you stand there at the at the racetrack and the guy's talking about oh i got you know ls7 with this cam and these heads and it flows this and it re like i understand it and like i kind of get the general idea but i don't know what it means so it's that show is awesome for, I mean, I still don't know it very well, but I at least have a better idea and those guys are entertaining and fun to watch. So I highly recommend it. Um, yeah. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like covered or questions you have, I'll do my best to answer them or have, uh, someone else who knows more about it, answer it. Um, 
yeah, that's about it for now. Um, follow me on social media. I am cartoon underscore channel on Instagram, um, cartoon on YouTube, Chris talks cars on Apple podcasts, Stitcher, um, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, it's everywhere. Um, yeah, join the Facebook group, Cartoon Channel on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's about it. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.